Kia ora, I'm Strawn from Commoners Communion. I'm a writer and a musician from Aotearoa, New Zealand. Well, it's great to be back on the podcast. It has been a while. Truth be told, I haven't been very well. I had another bout of kind of long uh, illness and a bunch of tests and things like that over the last eight months or so. But as I kind of emerge and get back on track, I'm excited to be back on the podcast with you sharing uh, this season three after all of these years, looking at prayers, devotions, answering some questions from you, and of course, reading from Prayer Volume 2, amongst sharing some thoughts here and there. I wanted to begin with some thoughts that have been on my heart around church. And that's because, especially over the last six months, a lot of the emails and questions and engagement I've had with many of you have been around questions of wrestling with church and the uh, the form of it and some of the questions around how we transcend some of the difficulties we're facing. So if it's okay with you, I wanted to share something that's been on my heart and that has become sort of a presiding metaphor for how I see the church straddling this time as we really emerge into the 21st century. And we are facing a lot of challenges. We're facing not just the challenges of COVID, but we were already facing challenges of personal identity and unity, a globalized society, um, a transformation in areas of philosophy and science that were putting pressure on us. And I think what COVID has done, it's brought all of those things to the surface And we now find ourselves asking, how do we re-enter the world carrying a lot of what we've learned over this last 18 months with us? And so I think the invitation of the spirit that I feel that we're in is that God is wanting, and I'm really referring to the mainstream Protestant churches here because that's my background. Uh, A lot of what I'm going to say is going to sound relatively obvious maybe to people from different traditions. But what I feel around evangelicalism and mainstream Protestantism, Pentecostalism, all of those things is really an invitation into maturity and transformation to move beyond, to take a new step to grow up into a new realm of the way that we have been worshipping and celebrating God. And I think that's because the form that we have, especially in in more mainstream Protestant churches, is really a result of the times. And that's not a bad thing in terms of the form. I'm not talking about the theology or the people or things like that. What I mean is that our model of the way that we operate on a Sunday has largely been formed out of a, uh, a modern mindset with access to technology. It's very post-industrial. And this isn't just a church struggle. This is also something that the education system is reckoning with in our time. That we kind of built these schools around separated subjects, school bells, separating people by age. Schools in many ways resemble the factory line of the industrialized movement. And that was fine for some hundreds, hundred or so years. But that's a recent development in the growth and education of children. And now with technology and disruptions to the industrialized movement, we're realizing that might not be the optimum way to teach and grow children into the kind of people they need to be. So it's natural that the church is also looking at parts of her uh, form that represent industrialization that we've assumed are just quote unquote Christian that are actually products of our culture. And we're saying, how do we transform these parts of who we are 
to create disciples of Jesus in a transforming world. And so I feel like we're in the stage of saying, okay, what is gold and what is straw? You know, because we're in the fire of COVID, of injustice, of all sorts of stuff. And people seem to be in two camps. One, they see the church as static. It is what it is. You're either with it or not with it. You're either in it or outside of it in terms of the form. And so lots of people are leaving the church frustrated, and I completely understand that. I think that's really valid, those feelings of struggle with what seems like an, an impenetrable system. Uh, but then on the other hand, you have those kind of just sticking with what we've got and saying, well, this is what we have. We've got to stay in it, change it from the inside, and, and kind of just hoping that eventually it might transform. And I wonder if we are in a place where we're trying to find that middle ground of saying, what are the meat and potatoes of the church what has the church done for 2000 years how do we keep that and allow some of the other peripheral stuff to be transformed around it so i want to suggest a new metaphor for how we might approach church in our sort of Western mainstream, ranging from evangelical to charismatic Protestantism, um, as a way of creating a picture that we might walk into. And I want to be really clear at the start, this is just a metaphor. It's finding new language for exploring new opportunities. And the reason I'm exploring a metaphor rather than a new step-by-step system is that I think that our desire to sit down and think our way through a process, create an alternative and then outwork it, is sort of part of that pioneering westernization where we think we can just do what we want to do. And I think a large part of the invitation now is actually to slow down, to listen, and I think this has always been the case, but to listen to Holy Spirit, to listen to God and say, Father, How do we inch by inch, step by step, follow you into this new thing? Because it's going to be an exploration, something we do together. And uh, spoiler alert, when I say new thing, what I really mean is an old thing. I feel like it's way more of a restoration than a deconstructing in a a kind of critical negative sense. Um, Although often, you know, obviously being critical and deconstructing are not in themselves always negative. So what I want to present to you in this moment is that in our time, God may be inviting us to move from a concert mentality of church to a cathedral mentality of church. Now, I'm a musician, so I don't have a problem with concerts at all. I've spent the last 10 years uh, playing shows at concerts. I think they're an incredible way to engage us in the immaterial, to unify people. There is something magic about concerts. But church as a primarily concert model is a relatively new thing in society. It's something we've kind of slipped into over time because we love the good stuff of, you know, really amazing sung worship of speakers and motivation and hype. But that's not always how the church has historically centered the life of Christ on a Sunday gathering. When I think of a concert model, I think of a performative model. I think of a stage, I think of actors and listeners, I think of a a building with no windows where we ourselves create the atmosphere through lights and various kinds of technologies. 
I think about rows of people sitting down in front of a speaker for a long period of time listening, as in a lecture. Again, stage-oriented. I think it's loud, and it's all second engaging. It's like from start to finish, it's trying to capture the attention of people. It has givers and receivers. The concert model really relies on a front-based community, and there's very little dialogue in it. The whole point is to keep people's attention captured, to motivate them, to inspire them, uh, to pull a lot on things like emotions and feelings and the experiential side of those. And in many ways, this concept model has made a lot of sense in the face of what has largely been a predominantly apathetic culture. Really, as we, as the West has become more wealthy in general, People have come to church kind of feeling a little bit numb toward God. You know, why do I need God was often the question that I was asked as a teenager in the early 2000s. And in the 90s, uh, 80s, 90s and 2000s, that was often the thing is, why do I need God? You know, what can God offer me that my job and wife and house and boat can't offer me? And so churches became naturally inclined towards challenging this apathy through missional motivation and energy. And I am so for all of that. There is nothing wrong with any of it. That's amazing. The problem was, is it also slowly gave way into a world that became more marketing oriented and more consumer oriented. And so what happened is we tried to motivate people through this concept mentality. We created consumers and then got frustrated by that. Did not realizing that the very form of speaking at people and singing at people for so long in mass audiences was bound and inevitable to create a consumer mentality. And so again, let me say, I don't have any problem with the concert form. I think it's amazing. I think it's been great. But what we do want to do is just place it in the context of the 2,000-year-old church and say windowless boxes with lights and stages and PA speakers and 5,000 people uh, and motivational speaking and hour-long sermons and hour-long worship times where people are largely sitting and watching. This is a very recent development that has been largely allowed through things like technological revolution, industrialization, uh, and, and the kind of increase in wealth generation around the world. Of course, people for centuries have got together and sung and worshipped, um, but this is again all still largely a Protestant model. And again, wonderful. But what is the invitation in our times? Because it would be fair to say that looking out, I don't believe apathy is the greatest issue when people walk into church. Most people walking into church have no choice to be apathetic any longer. The confrontation of race issues, gender issues, economics, political polarization has led to people coming into church very exhausted and distracted by a milieu of loud and voluminous things in their day-to-day life. I think the way that people are turning up to our churches now is no longer apathetic and numb, but with distraction, exhaustion falling into Sunday mornings. I know even I am just overwhelmed with everything going on in in the world and in life, struggling to make sense of it. And that turning up to a concert model church in that state only adds to the distraction and adds to the exhaustion. And I think people coming to church on Sunday, being uh, with the loud music And the the constant speaking and no opportunity for space and dialogue is no longer feeding their spiritual life. 
It's giving them an excuse to avoid it. So what might be an alternative model for concerts? Well, as I've said earlier, I believe the cathedral could be a place for us to reach back into for some kind of view of how we might reorganize our Sundays. When I think of a cathedral, I think of a spacious place, a place where there is lots of oxygen, lots of room, lots of aesthetic where the distractions of the world are left behind at the door and you kind of enter this otherworldly space. There is silence as well as sung worship. It is deeply sacramental. The cathedral is oriented primarily around sacrament. In the cathedral model and in that sort of orthodoxy, of course there is preaching, but the preaching of the word isn't done in a way where it's assumed that listening and understanding is enough to lead to transformation. It's put in the context of experience. In a cathedral, we retreat from the world to realign with Jesus. There's space for the weary. You know, I think of that scripture, Come to me, all who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's primarily a rest-renewing place not only a motivational and energizing space. Swiss writer and philosopher Pascal Mercier says this, I would not like to live in a world without cathedrals. I need their imperious silence. I need it against the witless bellowing of the barracks yard and the witty chatter of the yes men. I want to hear the rustling of the organ, this deluge of ethereal notes. I need it against the shrill farce of marches. I love that. What I hear him saying is that I need an alternative to all of the vitriol and opinion and volume and protest of the world. I need a sacred space to recharge, to find God and to desire him. thinking of this transformation and metaphor from concert to cathedral, I'm thinking really in ideas and I'm not saying at all we should go back to a clergy model and actually build cathedrals and just kind of remarket ourselves. What I'm trying to say is that we avoid all of that and that we find this simplicity at the heart of our gatherings. And so I want to make a couple of suggestions around thoughts of how this might be implemented on a Sunday. And I just want to say again, I can't say this enough. I fully believe that what we have been doing has in many ways been incredibly helpful. This is not necessarily a critique of the church of the last 70 years. It's just my attempts to reach forward and say, how do we grow and mature and deepen what we already have into new space as a response to the transformation of the times that we live in? And so that word space is really critical, I think. 
space enough for people to calm and settle from the world. I think silence is an amazing way to do this. Starting with silence, sitting in silence as a community is so incredibly powerful. But it doesn't have to be silence. It can be done in whatever way um, our community or your community naturally engages with it. Space enough to calm from the world. Space enough to re-engage with Christ. I think our assumption should be that most people, many people when they arrive on Sundays, have been engaged and more saturated by social media, by streaming, by reading the news, by going to work and having social events, or by an extremely loud interior dialogue. Things like anxiety and depression are way more common and way more pronounced than they ever have been. The chances are that when people arrive to our church communities on Sunday morning, they just need space to re-engage with Christ. They're not likely coming full of ideas and revelation. They're likely coming exhausted, unsure, full of shame and guilt and uncertainty and disconnection. So beginning our Sundays with this cathedral mindset of space to re-engage with the calm, to re-engage with Christ, and then to re-engage with ourselves. To listen and notice where we are in this relationship between us and God. Once we discover who God is and where God is, we realize that we too are part of this relationship and how do we then reorientate ourselves to Him? And in doing so, refind and rediscover where God is within us. Each one of us, when we walk into church gatherings on a Sunday morning, bring Christ with us in a unique way. And I wonder if on Sundays, one of the challenges for us now is to help people rediscover themselves. Where is Christ for you? And part of that is the process of disempowering the stage. And this is where we look at the second thing. So if, if space is the first attribute, I think the second attribute is a reorientation around sacrament. And for, the, for me, this is the most important thing. The reason I called uh, my moniker Common is Communion is that I believe that in my day, communion will become, again, the central um, practice, uh, theology, and metaphor for how we engage in community and personal relationship with Jesus. Sacrament in a cathedral is the absolute entire point. In fact, in some Eastern Orthodox churches, they would say that uh, we are only participating in the church as long as we are taking sacrament in the church together. Now, that's, that's way on that, that end of the spectrum, but I love the sentiment of it. That this simple act of eating the bread and drinking the blood of Christ, eating the body and blood of Christ, is our primary unifier, disempowers, I believe, the stage mentality that one of us carries more of God's presence than the other. It says the, the manifest presence of God is in the sacrament amidst us, and all of us come to find nourishment there be it the person who's it's the first time at church on Sunday, whether it's the preacher, the worship leader, whatever, we are all humbled. We are all naked before sacrament. And therefore, sacrament should be the center and climax, I believe, of our community gatherings. This is how the church has done it for thousands of years. That not, not the preaching of the word, not the worship itself, but the the body and blood of Jesus would be the center in which all of those things would gather around. 
When we look at sacrament, body and blood of Jesus, we also place a table at the center of the church. And I think a round table at the center of our communities is the perfect metaphor for how we can move forward in dialogue, acceptance, and gathering around the meat of the gospel and not peripheral issues. When we make, when we elevate, like literally elevate communion or Eucharist, whatever it is, or mass, above into the center of our communities, not just on Sunday, but in all of our gatherings. We make the table the place of gathering, and therefore everyone is welcome. The ta- think about table and hospitality as a, as a, med- it's a space for dialogue, acceptance, human dignification. At a table, you can disagree with somebody, but you owe them the dignity of listening and engaging with calm compassion rather than preaching as a model from the stage, which is really about listen to me as I make an argument without response from you. Now, I don't know what that looks like in terms of a preaching model, and that's where the metaphor for me that that becomes a local communal expression. But I do know that as we gather around the table, literally, physically, sacramentally, we start to see one another different and we we open up space for one another. things. I think a cathedral embraces mystery and tension. I think mystery has been an element of the church for so long because for thousands of years we were based on this idea that we are all in Christ and that we are coming into the presence of God. And if we're dethroning the the sort of concert stage audience model, Suddenly what we're trying to do is help everybody come to Jesus on their own. And to do that, we have to embrace tension and a little bit of gray. I'm not talking about theological gray or necessarily moral gray. I mean that we need to make room for others to experience God differently to us. And for us over time to explore what engaging with the mystery of God's presence really means. To acknowledge and understand that there is plenty we don't know about God yet. And that the closer we get to God, the further he seems to feel away and that there's a mystery in that. And we can celebrate and embrace that mystery. The mystery of suffering. The mystery of how God is where he is when we feel he's far away. Making room for us to say, to be inquisitive, to be curious rather than the Protestant um, presupposition that everything has an answer like a science. It's taking God out of that perfect rational mathematical formula theological state and into a back into a mystery, felt, experienced, known, and spacious place. How do we become a curious church again that instead of always slamming down an answer when someone has a question, responds by saying, that's a great question. What do you think it could be? How can we explore that? What haven't we seen yet? What of God do we assume we know when really we don't? Another one is to become a psalmic church, to read scripture and to um, engage in the psalms in new and wonderful ways. I think reading a psalm is a wonderful form of prayer in the church. And I think in a cathedral, prayer is central. Just as Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. 
In a cathedral model, the community gets to pray. There's intercession, there's sacrament, there's psalm reading, but it is all engaged in a prayerful, beautiful space. And we kind of round back again into the sacramental view, the view that everything we do on a Sunday engages in Christ's presence and welcomes Christ's presence. I think even the way that we read scripture and read psalms and read prayer needs to be transformed from a purely rationalistic, scientific mindset. You know, this whole enlightenment rationalization movement that we're trying to understand things into a more relational presence-based orientation. I love this quote by St. Tikhon of Zodanak. I hope I've pronounced that right. Whenever you read the gospel, Christ himself is speaking to you. And while you read, you are praying and talking with him. I love that. Imagine if we took that approach to sermons, where we slowed down and gave them a little more space, believing that as we elevated the word on Sunday, Christ was himself speaking and engaging with us. Metropolitan Kalistos Weir says this, As a book uniquely inspired by God and addressed to each of the faithful personally, the Bible possesses sacramental power, transmitting grace to the reader, bringing him to a point of meeting and decisive encounter. What if as sort of mainstream Protestant, evangelical, Pentecostal, charismatics, whatever, however we kind of bucket all that together, what if we reached back into uh, and reached out to our Orthodox friends a little bit and learned a little bit about the power of their sacramentality, of seeing everything imbued with God's presence and power, and of giving space and time to that? I think what I'm searching for here is some kind of charismatic orthodoxy where we take the beautiful parts of the charismatic desire, not the culture of it, not the structure of it, but the desire to see God's presence manifest in the world through the gifts of the Spirit, through experiences of His presence, all of those things that the church has longed for for centuries and we reach back into orthodoxy and, and reorient it around things like humility, sacrament. We, we placed fruits back at, as the highest value of our character in Christ, even higher than the gifts. I wonder if we don't need to abandon so much all of the churches that so many feel like they have a choice of either abandoning or not. Maybe it's just about bringing in more space to what ex- already exists to de-emphasizing the stage consumer model, to placing the table at the center of our physical meeting space, the center of our, our, our Sunday uh, running order or liturgy or whatever you want to call it, that when people come on Sunday, we can begin with silence and reflection. Then we can meet and engage with Christ. We can read scripture as if it's sacrament in God's very voice to us. Then we can sing and worship and raise our hands and experience God and the beauty that all of that has given us in our day that we can pray for each other, lay hands on the sick, you know, um, the oil of anointing, then we can preach a great word, but we preach it not thinking that information is going to transform people, but the presence of God is. And so our preaching doesn't have to be so loud and motivational. It can be spacious too. It can make room for the Spirit to speak. And that whenever we gather, we gather with the purpose of participating in Christ through communion and sacrament. 
Now, I realize not everything I'm saying is going to be for everybody, and that's why I prefer to not get too much into the details, but to say, what if we shifted the metaphor in our times from a concert-based model that is seeking to combat apathy to a cathedral-based model that longs to give space to a um, distraction-exhausted I deeply believe that we are in a point where the church needs to transform. I realize that sometimes the temptation in that is to want to leave and start something new. But if we are to be the church of unity, the church that Christ invited us to become one, we need to find a way to reform and to deepen and to mature. And I think in our young age of Western Protestantism, Maybe that invitation is to deepen ourselves by reaching back into the way the early church lived, into orthodoxy, into celebrating the good parts of that and celebrating the good parts that have been developed over these last few hundred years that we love so much. So, Father, I thank you, God, that you are doing incredible things in our day, that you're renewing us, giving us space and inviting us into a deeper maturity with you, not just as individuals, but as a community of people. Mature us, deepen us. Help us to reach forward into this moment and reach back into what has always been true and good of you. Church, we love you, we celebrate you in Jesus' name. you for listening to this episode of the Commoners Communion podcast. If you enjoyed this prayer and contemplation, you can find it in my book, Prayer Volume 2, at commonerscommunion.com. A huge thank you to Jonathan Class for helping to produce this episode and for writing, composing, and recording the music that you hear. If you like this music and you want to meditate and pray to it in your own space and time, you can find our first EP, Lords, on Spotify by searching Commoners Communion. Thanks for listening. Be blessed.